24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Spice FM, 98.8 FM. Listening to Mentally Sound right here on Spice FM 98.8 FM. Everybody love a little bit of Jimmy Cliff here on Friday. Um, I kind of actually did this for my good friend, Mr. Ricky, who's my uh, co-presenter, who absolutely loves Jimmy Cliff. Mm -hmm. And we played that about two months ago, and I just it really puts me in a good mood, and I hope it gets you guys in a good mood to listen to Mentally Sound right here on Spice FM, 98.8 FM. I'm, of course, Stephen, and I'm with my co-host, Ricky. And we're going to be here for the next two hours, 12 till 2 p.m., talking about all things mental health and we always put a disclaimer of saying well we say all things mental health we always want to be entertaining as well we don't want it to be you know like a, th- a depressed fest or anything like that but we talk about honest open discussions and the disclaimer we say at the beginning is we may talk about something that's considered taboo discriminatory that kind of thing and we always crowbar or signpost maybe is a better way of describing it um places you can go 
Um, so we treat it seriously, but in the oeuvre of, uh, of, of uh, which is a, a fantastic... What a great word. What a great word. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, of that we talk in an open, frank discussion, and uh, we, we take it seriously, but not too serious that we're, we're serious all the time, if that makes sense. Um, so I hope you guys are in, having a good Friday afternoon um, on the 22nd of February. This is our second show of February. We're on every fortnight. Um, and yeah, so the first thing we like to do is it's a very guest-ridden show, so I, I'm going to mention who's actually going to be on the show. We have Dr. Stuart McCurdy, I hope I'm saying that right, who's waiting uh, patiently, who's from the Campus for Aging and Vitality. Uh, Me and my dyslexia, I wanted to say uh, it's like Mortal Kombat. (laughs) I was thinking of the Mortal Kombat thing. Um, My nerds coming out there. Um, And then we have Chantal Herbert, who is from Sister Shack, which is a collective of all female entrepreneurs. Uh, Claire Donning, who is the manager of Hopeline UK Helpline at Papyrus. She was the lady who was going to be on. It actually wasn't the same lady, but the the lady who was on last time couldn't be. But they've got a colleague to stand. Uh, in. I yeah, see, because I, I, I saw Papyrus and Stu. Because for those who weren't listening on the last show, we had um, a phone problem. Um, so um, we tried uh, for the last twenty minutes of the show to get the phone working. Um, I have tested it; it's working as far as I know. Yeah. Um, and so, unless uh, some sort of um, technological magic madness happens, yeah, 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 let's not do the commentator. Let's go, you know, like commentators in football. He will not miss his Palony. There's no way in earth he'll miss his. Oh, he's yeah. Mrs. Bally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, so as far as I know, the phone's working, so um, so she'll be joining us around about one. Um, and then, Ali- uh, how do you say the last Alisa. name? Alisa. Alisa, sorry, that looks like, um, that's a very strange spelling of that. Um, but uh, Alisa Jane, uh, who's the director of the True Colours Theatre, a non-profit community group, who delivers inclusive classes, helping to build confidence in children and young people throughout the use of performing arts. And she'll be joining us in the studio around one thirty. Plus the next added guest, which she's bringing along with her. So oh, yes, you said she... Yes, yeah, yeah. sorry, yeah, Ricky said this in the pre-edit um, before... We were on the show to say that she's going to bring somebody. Is it from usually the actual theatre? Usually I've got to bring bad news to say, can't <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. But this week we're yeah, changed. Yeah. We're having more Yeah, he gets here and goes like, um, <laughs> there's been a huge accident and all the roads are closed <laughs> and there are the only ones who are going to make it here. Yeah, uh, yeah so... So yeah, as per usual, um, you know, kudos to my um, to my co-host Ricky for being a phenomenal booker, um, you know, because we have four unbelievable guests, and as I say, we'll be talking to Dr. Stuart McCurdy in about a few minutes' time. He's waiting patiently in the studio. But what we like to do always on mental health, uh, mental health, because we think it's appropriate, is to ask people how everyone is. Um, we I know we can't we say this rhetorically to the audience because they literally can't answer. But um, <laughs> if you do want to answer, we have our Twitter up. Thank you for the retweet so far. We are at underscore mentally sound. If you want to ask us or any other guests question um uh we are here obviously like we say till 2 p.m and uh, dr stuart mccurdy is uh, our first guest in about a few minutes time but ricky how are you my good sir how not so bad mate not so bad a uh, bit of a slight nightmare this morning the hot water wasn't working but i i i, I persevered because i couldn't bear the thought of not joining you in this oh um, I didn't pay him to say that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you weren't supposed to say yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, um, <laughs> did it? Did it? I, I. This is how how silly my brain is. I went. Did it get you in hot water? That was the <laughs> that was the first thing I wanted to say. And I'm like, that is the cheesiest, uh, <laughs> cheesiest expression. Mm. Um, so how did you get around it? Did you just? Uh, I just had just, to. Oh. Just did you boil a kettle? That's easy. What? No. Uh, well, we we did the thing where we fixed the. Uh, well, it was to be to be to be perfectly uh, uh, sort of. It was the hot water in the shower that wasn't working. Oh, I, I see. Sort of Pacific, the not thing. the whole. Okay. So I had to do the old, old-fashioned sort of handheld thing and sort of, you know, use the uh, the shower plug onto the tap sort of thing, which is like, it seems so draconian to do that nowadays, considering you're so used to now just standing there and just let 
let the hot water just flourish over you and use your hands. Hey, sometimes cold showers, cold showers. I often say to people, I mean, we talk about mental health wise, cold showers can be um, just as useful sometimes, but I guess it's well, the choice. It's the choice that's the problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you're not feeling the best in the morning. Yeah, but I mean, I don't think this is a particularly good weather in the northeast of England right now to be like, I'm going to have a cold shower. Yeah. That's going to solve all my problems. But um, How are you, sir? I'm doing good. Um, been very busy. Been helping out at the university this week. Oh yeah. Um, you know, and you've uh, had a busy week, haven't you? I have indeed. Yeah, I was I was helping out um, all day, all days this week, um, and obviously just said I couldn't mm-hmm. do I couldn't do today's because um, they wanted me to do today as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is how much this show means to me. Um, <laughs> 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 but I did see I had a like you know in fairness I'm, this is an ongoing commitment so yeah. I'm not going to suddenly go oh the university wants me I'm gonna um, you know so I was like no I'm already busy on Friday so. Um, because um, apparently they've been struggling to get people to help oh, today, um, so they actually sent me a polite email to say, "Could you change your mind and <laughs> be available Friday?" And I'm like, "No, I cannot." That's why I said I couldn't do it in the first place. It's not like I love the idea of like someone just sitting with you going, "You know, like you will change your mind," <laughs> like some sort of Star Wars thing. Like, yeah, it's like you will change your mind, even though I actually said I can't. I'm change so reassured that yeah. your commitment to this show. Oh, it well, that's makes very me feel, makes me that's feel very good, that's yeah. very kind of you, um. But yeah, the baby's doing good. Yeah. Um, I know. Obviously, this is something we we discuss regularly because my um, my my baby uh, Luna is now three months old, which is quite ridiculous to think that. Um, yeah, you know, um, we constantly, me and my partner and I go, oh my god, I can't believe it's been three months um, because um, she's she's also going to be changing our routine soon and all this kind of thing and mm-hmm. um so it, it's an interesting transition and just um just the stuff that, that how quick you know that that because we always talk about cliches on this type of show is that yeah. the cliche of that they grow up really fast i used to remember my family my my, par- my parents saying that going why you stop saying that damn phrase it, it <laughs> can't be right and then i'm now that i'm a parent i go they're growing up really <laughs> <laughs> You're not really Even really as not. an uncle, I was saying this yeah. just recently because my my youngest nephew is like just just like one and two three months. Yeah, he's 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 walking around like like almost adult like now. Yeah, sort of, it's just crazy. And do you know the thing where they say as well like oh you know I got to the 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 sort of first year let's say mm-hmm. that you just got to spend all the time sort of um, essentially looking after them mm-hmm. um, and that they don't really have a personality. How untrue that mm-hmm. is because you know if you spend all your time looking after a child which is your oh, your yeah. child. And you just see the little idiosyncrasies of yeah, like yeah. you know the little the little ins and outs of 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 a, of a of a person's personality. And my baby Luna has like unbelievable personality mm. already. You can tell like kind of what you know. She's she does little subtle things that you kind of go wow. Yeah, um, like my oldest nephew, I know he's he's really sensitive. You know, you, you talk, you, you start asking things about you know life and so forth. You can tell it really means to him. My youngest though, he's like the cheekiest sort of like kid ever, and he, he'll just happily just. Come up to you and slap you across the face for no reason, and just like walk off as if nothing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know what he's going to turn out like. Yeah. Well, everyone has the ability to change, Ricky. <laughs> we'll we'll see. Um, yeah. Anyway, we'll not keep our guests waiting. Not, not in my household. Go on. Then. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's no hope in my household. <laughs> That's painful. why I'm here. <laughs> yeah, you're, yeah, Ricky. Every time we end the show, Ricky always often goes, "This is like on air therapy for me." I know. 
it is. <laughs> yeah, I hope for everyone else in the audience, it's free as well. <laughs> it's free as well, which is an added bonus. Um, but yeah, um, is there anything you want to add, Ricky, before we talk to our guests? No, well? I think crack. I'm looking forward um, to the show. Yeah, I mean, as I said, there's a huge amount of guests, but as I say, we'll not keep uh, Dr. Stewart waiting. Um, so as I said, Dr. Stewart is a consultant in old, old age psychiatry at Campus for Aging and Vitali- Vitality. I was Vitality on uh, Westgate Road, which is yeah. really not far from here. Uh, so Stuart, welcome to the show. Oh, glad to be here. Thank mm. you. No problem at all. Um, did you get here okay and everything else? Fine. I mean, I, I just woke up at the General Hospital, so it's oh, literally, okay. literally, literally across the road. road. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> literally literally across okay. stone's throw, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> excellent. So um, I, I, as we often say, it, it's kind of a, the, the, the one sort of standard question we ask we ask guests most of the time is just, how are you? How are you? We think it's an appropriate for a mental health, oh. for a mental health show. <laughs> Um, um, I'm very well today. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> no, I'm good. I'm good. Um, uh-huh. I'm on call this weekend, which is a bit of a downer. So that means I'm working all weekend. So less excited about the weekend than I normally am. So, oh, okay. Uh, apart from that, <laughs> what you mean? You're, you're not on call now, literally today, oh, are no, you? No, 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 no. <laughs> That's what I thought you meant. Is it like if like so, no, the no, phone no. goes off, this interview is going to yeah. take a drastic turn. Do not worry, do not worry. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, so I'm curious about before we uh, we get into um, we get into the campus for aging and, yeah, and yeah. vitality. Um, um, I'm curious about just yourself in terms of uh, how long have you been a doctor, that kind of oh, thing. Um, so I graduated so I, i've been a doctor since 2007 okay so i um, years, wow. trained in st andrews university then manchester university mm-hmm. and then i worked for a bit in manchester and then i did all my psychiatry training in sheffield uh, and then i moved here and i've been in my current post for about uh, five and a half years yeah so what i do in my day job i sort of help um sort of assess and treat um, older people who've got problems with their mental health. So it okay. might be that they've got memory problems or mm-hmm. it might be that they've got um, problems with depression or anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've got a team of people up at the general hospital that um, help sort of assess and look after people with those sort of conditions and problems. Great. I mean, this is a subject, um, I'm sure Ricky will vouch for me on this, is that um, a subject close to my heart because I'm a carer for my mum right, okay. um, who has Parkinson's disease. Okay. Uh, so, you know, uh, she she um, had a change in, in, in her um, illness, I guess, because um, she, she has the beginnings of dementia as well and mm-hmm. all that right. kind of thing. So she's now in a residential home. Um, and we've talked about, you know, dementia and, and obviously I talk about Parkinson's because it's, it's a subject that I'm very versed mm-hmm. in right now because, I mean, mom's had it for a long time and so i'm curious about because you know we d- d- dementia it, let's let's stick with dementia for example because sure, okay. i'm sure because i'm sure you've well, I'm that's sure what you that, specialize yeah. in isn't it as well you have not added interest in it that's well so, so i i'm my sort of posh title if you like is okay. that i'm an old age psychiatrist mm-hmm. which means that i'm a mental health doctor so i'm a, a doctor like a gp but yeah. instead of going into general practice i've specialized in mental health okay so i i do treat and i do see people who've got dementia but also other Sort of yes. Types of um, problems with mental health as well. Yeah. Um, but, but I am a specialist in dementia. All yeah. oh, right, great. Yeah, I, I, I assumed it, it, you covered loads of bit different bases. Yeah, I just was yeah. curious about, like, because my, my, the point that I was going to get towards was that dementia in particular, I, I feel just, just, just being an, obs- an observer in sort of society and, and media and whatnot, as dementia is kind of more at least a, a word that 
people understand now. It's it's, yeah, it's around yeah. a lot more if, if you see what I mean. Because for example, I always think that you know there's certain supermarkets, for example, that donated to Dementia UK and yeah, yeah. and all that other stuff. And so I, I'm curious because we've had dementia charities on who 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 help people. Like you know there was a lady, correct me if I'm wrong, Ricky, who did you know shopping for dementia, slow shopping, and, yeah. 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 slow shopping, which is and a fantastic a thing, idea. There's a thing called slow banking, yeah, as well. Oh, okay. Really? Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, incredible. Um, so so the whole idea. I mean, I, Newcastle itself has an aspiration to become a dementia-friendly city. Mm. Great. So the the council are working with like the organisation that I work work for, and lots and lots of different charities and organisations. So that um, the idea is that if you live in Newcastle and you've got dementia, it's um, a place that is more understanding of that condition, and it's basically just easier to get around, easier to navigate. People mm-hmm. understand it a bit more. Great. Mm. And so there's a lot of sort of education and work going on with different people in the community mm-hmm. to sort of raise awareness of dementia in general and, and just get people to understand what it means and what it's like to have it. Yeah, because that's like that. I'm, I'm so pleased you said that because that was what I was coming on to. Is this idea of like, because you know, uh, I had a, I had, I had some idea and doing the, uh, one of the, the huge benefits of doing this show, and I hope people listen and get the same effect for us. Is that I, I learn as I interview on this yeah, show, yeah, which is one of the, the huge the bonuses. And I, I'm the, what I was leading to ask you in terms of let, you know, as I say, let's stick with dementia. We can go on to other things, but um, what do you think is the kind of misconceptions of dementia that you that you think? Because we find that you know when I talk about bipolar disorder for example because i've got the lived experience of having it is that there are some misconceptions of that that i that i talk about openly on the air and i just think in through your experience of dealing with and helping people actually we I, we actually go away from saying the word dealing i don't really like that word as in helping someone yeah, is the yeah. better way of phrasing it um helping someone through dementia what do you think the misconceptions are in sort of the wider society i think what one of the most common things is just because you've got dementia it means people sometimes think that you just can't do anything yeah. for yourself. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of um, dementia organisations and charities have, have sort of come up with this phrase um, that is living well with dementia. So yeah. it's, it's about, yes, you've got a diagnosis of dementia, but you can still do things for yourself. You might need a little bit of extra help doing certain things, but there are some things you can do as well as you could do previously. It's just about recognizing that you might need a little bit of help and that help that you need might get might change and might sort of increase as you live with dementia for longer but it's just having trying to maintain independence for as long as possible Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and you know enjoying yourself and having having a life um while still having a diagnosis of dementia so you're not just a patient with dementia you're still a human being still an individual yeah because i, I i'm that, that's that's exactly the crux that i assumed because in my experience of whenever you say like you know alzheimer's or dementia for as we're as we're discussing i think somebody some people have an attitude of that it means that your life is over and and that and that really doesn't resonate with no. me well because as someone who's who's seeing my mom who's has the onset of in the beginnings of it i can see differences but it doesn't make out to me or it's particularly to me but i hope to the way the society less of a person because she has it and that's what i that's the reason i was asking you that because i do think people have that um that attitude sometimes towards it that you know it's 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 a it's a disease that like you you are desperate to avoid um if you see what i mean but and, and i think the thing is it's such an individual um condition a, a lot of difficulties and problems with mental health affect yes the, the same thing can affect 
each individual person completely differently. Yeah. And so you can have Good a point. diagnosis of dementia and you might have a problem with your memory mm-hmm. or your memory might be not too bad, but you, the main problem is communication. Yep. And so each individual will have a different experience of living with dementia. And that's, yeah. that's sometimes the difficulty in providing help because you don't want to just assume that everyone's the same. But then when you're trying to set up a service or something to, you know, to help people with dementia, mm-hmm. you, you kind of need to cater it to the individual needs of the person. Of course. So yeah. that, that is the challenging thing about trying to provide services for people with dementia. Yeah, because we often say that you can kind of like um, crowbar that in with any real mental health condition. Oh, yeah, totally. Because yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I say when I, you know, because I help at the university, like I touched on the intro, and one of the things I say when talking about bipolar disorder is you could get like, you know, 10,000 people with bipolar in one room and the, the chances are they're all treated, so, even if it's subtle, in different ways. It's yeah. it's it's much less likely that they're going to be exactly the same in treatment because, as you say, the personality and who they are it, it is a byproduct of, of recovering, most definitely. Do you have a question, Ricky? Um, I was actually, because oh, you almost threw me there because, I'm, I'm, <laughs> in a way, I'm quite I'm quite sort of um, excited to learn that the city is becoming more dementia-friendly. Mm. Is this part of a wider charter that you and your organisation are kind of involved with? Because I know you work with the university as well. Is that yeah. more research or is it kind of... A so, wider sector to try and push. So, so the the, um, the council um, basically are trying to bring mm-hmm. everyone that is contributing to dementia care mm-hmm. um, together to try and you know make it better for people in Newcastle um, who are living with dementia. So obviously, that's not just the NHS. It's you also, yeah, like oh mentioned yeah. before supermarkets and so and also, also. so it's organizations like um the alzheimer's society mm-hmm. there's um there's a new um dementia advice center that's okay. um in west Denton in um in newcastle okay. that provides help and advice to people with um with dementia mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or or if they've just got a problem with their memory and they're not okay. quite sure what to do or where to right. go um that's a really mm-hmm. useful resource um so and the carer centers involved in that and also there's lots of different sort of community groups so um for example jesmond mm-hmm. has they've got a group together to make jesmond a dementia friendly community right so the idea is that you'll have all these dementia friendly communities mm-hmm. that will all join up together to hopefully make newcastle right as a whole dementia friendly so i mean it's a really it's a really good aspiration and the fact that the council are engaging with this yeah. and thinking about it it's yeah. it is really positive yeah. so um the other I, I turned my mic off for a second because I was cause so, sorry. I realized I turned I'm my mic off. Already. Too much, maybe yeah, no, no, it's me that's talking too much. Like as you saw, I, I was so pleased Ricky kind of took over because my voice is like really starting to go because all I've been doing every week is talking because it's like I guess my thing. So is that I, not your job? Um, yeah, <laughs> that's it, my it, job as well. It, well yeah, it's my job. But yeah, you know, and like you kind of just feel like you've been talking a little too much because obviously you talk in your personal life as well. You yeah. don't just like kind of just shut off. But um, but the, one of the things I wanted to talk about as well is um something that. That I feel more and more passionately about, you know, as like looking after my mom and seeing examples of that, is the the um, sort of social isolation. It's yeah. something. It's something that that, that we discuss a yeah. great deal because I know, like, because I think the you you feel free to disagree with me, but I, but I but I feel that social anxiety is often. Um, associated with just the elderly but we've discussed this where you know you can get teenagers who have a social you know social isolation as in they just they, they, they can't connect with society or they feel they feel left out in some reasons and i'm just curious based on you know i mean obviously we can focus on elderly because that's your that's your yeah, job yeah. but um how do you think 
the the problem of social isolation can can be bettered and 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 what's your sort of do you think it's a big deal and how and how do we how do we help with it i mean it's it's massive and especially you know talking from a place speaking up for elderly people and older people it is it is a real problem because um older people um can find it more difficult to go out because of mobility problems mm-hmm. or just general you know transport getting around um often they rely sometimes on family members not all the time and you know it is sort of general generalizing but yeah um it's it is a recognized problem so so there are i mean especially in the west end there are a number of sort of community groups community centers that try and get older people together mm. so that it reduces the risk of depression it reduces the risk of social isolation and it gives people like a social focus because you know every, everyone's well again generalizing but a lot of people they like spending time with one another you get something from an interaction and mm-hmm. from speaking to other people yeah and if you miss out on that it can and it does affect your mental health yeah so so this project's in the West End, like the Search Project and Chain Reaction, we've had them on, yeah, yeah, and, and they're yeah. fantastic. Yeah, they're um, yeah. And as I say, that I, you know, I don't work for this organisation, but but the Dementia Advice Centre, mm. which is a sort of combination of the Carers Centre in and uh, Dementia Care, have sort of come together, and they're they're providing sort of social groups um, in the West Enton, you know the where the swimming pool and the library is? Oh, yes. The West Enton? Yeah, yeah. Um, they, they've got sort of a base there and they're running community groups out of there. Great. Great. Um, when, from an NTW point of view, so that's the mental health trust that I work for, when you uh, are referred by your GP, you have, a, um, you, depending on why you're referred by your GP, if you've been given a diagnosis of dementia, um, the memory clinic um, have sort of memory groups and support sort of services that are available to people with dementia run through that so i mean there is a whole host of stuff but the, the difficulty is it's sometimes a bit of a problem for patients to find out what's going on because yeah. they're in a number of different places mm-hmm. so um you know i think if there was anyone who had a problem with their memory that was listening to this that wanted a bit more sort of help and support um i think the two bits of advice i would have is either speak to your GP about a memory problem if you're worried that you've got a problem with your memory and you're not quite sure what to do with it or even if you've got a family member who's worried mm-hmm. then they the, the first port call would be the GP if the GP can then maybe do a bit of a have a chat with the person with the memory problem and see if it needs to sort of be stepped up to see someone like myself or a, yep. a nurse to have that looked into a bit further mm-hmm. great so yeah, there are things that can be yeah. done. Yeah, excellent. Um, uh, one of the because th- uh, I, I was going to say in relation because I wanted to. I mean, because you've, you've mentioned two organisations, other organisations. I just wanted to talk about in relation to Campus for Aging and yeah, Health. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, do you want to give a, a brief overlay of like um, the kind of um, the, the 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 structure and the way that you do the way that you help people in relation to your job? Yeah, sure. So, um, what what the normal sort of route in is. As, as I've just said, is through your GP. So, right. so what, what the GP would do... Referral? Is, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so the, the person with the problem with the memory would go and see the GP. The GP would ask if... You know, they, they would do a sort of... They would ask a few questions. Um, because there's lots of different reasons that people have a problem with their memory. And sometimes um, that can be sort of monitored and just kept an eye on by the GP. Um, 
if it gets to a point where the patient's or, or the person is worried or if the problem's getting a bit more serious, then the GP refers to us at the campus for age right. vitality. We would then drop the patient a line, invite them up to see us in clinic if uh, the problem was a memory problem. Um, sometimes if the the memory problem is a little bit more complicated, we might even go and see them at home. Um, I don't work for the memory clinic. I work for the, the community treatment team. So that's we generally tend to see people in their own homes. Mm-hmm. At what point, sorry, just going on what you said before, yeah, sure. at what point should, should someone feel worried about memory? What are those early telltale signs? That when it becomes more consistent or...? Yeah, well, I think the, the, the sort of early signs are that, you know, you're forgetting things that you used to be Took able to for remember. Granted, yeah. um, that you're maybe getting a bit more mixed up than normal and doing things that you'd normally be able to do mm-hmm. um such as like kitchen tasks or like you know like housework driving yeah. things like that um a lot of the time how it sort of um comes out is it's sometimes the person with the problem with their memory that realizes it but it might be the person's other half it might be their mm. partner it might be their mm. family member mm. and it's about just having discussions within yeah. the family and being and again it's like trying to reduce the stigma of that yeah. so yeah. if you are worried about someone in your family's mental health it's about trying to have sort of open and honest conversations mm-hmm. about that yeah um yeah unfortunately we've only got like a couple of minutes left with you so but one of the things that um during this whole conversation i was talking about because i mean obviously we do a mental health show yeah. and obviously we, i know we discussed on dementia we could have talked about any other any other um examples but i'm curious because um what i often find uh, and i'm using like my own like sort of personal views and, and and there's people who have the people who've been on this show have discussed a very similar situation is that i i wonder and i'm curious about your answer to this is in relation to mental health compared to like an obvious condition so what i mean by that is that so let's say in my mom's case my mom has parkinson's and dementia right so i'm using my mom as an example because i'm comfortable sharing that so um so she has uh, Park, she's had Parkinson's for 15 years. So there's obvious, you know, uh, disability, um, you know, the, the to need medication for that, all that kind of stuff. And then the onset of dementia is the the, the, the obvious signs of like losing, uh, not not being very, um, memory not being particularly great, all that sort of stuff. But is mental health separate to that in the sense of can you, can, you know, the, de- the depression and everything maybe it could be a byproduct of that. But does it, I guess what I'm trying to ask you is, does it get treated differently um or do you deal with the dementia and the parkinson's and will the depression go as a byproduct of that do you get what i'm trying to say i think i do so so certainly in older people um the reason it's a separate specialty Mm -hmm. to other types of mental health yes um, stuff is that there is sometimes a a bigger overlap with physical health problems Mm -hmm. so people's physical health sometimes causes problems with mental health yeah um if you've had a a long-term condition like Parkinson's disease that can begin to affect your mental health. And so an old-age psychiatrist or a, like me or a nurse that tends to deal with older people has um, a good appreciation of how physical health can impact on someone's mental health. So yeah. um, we would generally work, say in your mum's case, um, we would generally sort of work, there'll, there'll be a Parkinson's disease team that will be helping to look after her as well. Um, so we tend to sort of help each other in the specialties sort of yeah. look after their own little bit so we, th- there is a lot of like working with other teams and working with other professionals and that's mm-hmm. what's so interesting about the job and it yeah. hopefully makes it better for the patient because the patient's not having to then sort of have to 
it's not the patient's responsibility to then have to try and link everything up. We're trying yeah. to do it. For them. For them yeah. or with them. Yes, with yeah, with them is a better way of saying it. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, it's just interesting because I always find that um, you know, that we uh, as as being a primary carer for my man that we very often talk about, you know, the what do we do about the dementia, what do we do about Parkinson's? And you said something I, I think which is a really good point and I, I guess a good way to summarize this is to say when we talked about socialization isolation, for example, is that the, the, the mere fact of a an elderly person going out and being sociable or what can decrease the feeling of depression and yeah. all that kind of thing and i certainly noticed that when my i mean where uh, ricky talks about looking after his his, his mom as well and um, which he had the replacement knee uh, uh, situation so yeah um yeah you find um, mental health can uh, yeah physical health because i guess the point is it's a stereotype to say this i guess or uh, um is that when some when someone has a physical ailment they, they deal with the physical ailment but not the the mental the mental health ramifications of that physical ailment um and i think this is the very last kind thing to summarize do you find it more helpful obviously that we're talking more things about like uh, loneliness and social isolation because it helps we deal with it better and it cracks the stigma certainly. well yeah i think that the more we talk about these things i think the more sort of people know about it and the, and the more comfortable people are in talking about it because um you know mental health still isn't discussed on the same sort of level as yeah. some physical health problems absolutely and you know people are you know, happier to talk and more comfortable to, to ask you how you are if you've had a, you know, broken leg or a problem with your physical health. Mm. But if you've been off work with depression or anxiety, they're still less comfortable in talking to you about that and feel a bit awkward. Would you ever saw seen a day where we would actually have like a time now where we have like things like Minister for Loneliness and stuff like that? I mean, does, does that indicate we've come a long way or is there still more work to be done? Well, I, th- I think there is still more work to be done, but I think the fact... I think it is moving on and yeah. the, the conversations are at least happening, yeah. whereas, you know, a little while ago they weren't yeah. at all. Mm. And I think, just one last thing to say, I think, we, we, you know, we talked a lot about dementia today, but we, in, where I work, we do um, help people with other of course, problems yeah. with their mental Please health. Do say and that, and yeah. I know we don't have time today, but I mean, that's maybe something for further discussion. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. We've, we've got, Please come back and We've and got a lot of that, yeah. mm-hmm. people that we help with sort of depression and anxiety and things like that. that yeah. Um, that again isn't talked about as much in the elderly yeah. as, as yeah. it could be. So yeah. that's a very good point because yeah, it was not we, we you know the, the whole idea of a mental health and I ended up talking about something. Very oh no, specific, but I mean, but yeah, you know, it's um, dementia is a useful and valuable conversation to have. but, yes. it, but we do other things as well, yeah, which absolutely. is great. Yeah. So is the only way someone can be referred to you through a GP? Is that the, uh, that's a clear message I want to send, or yeah, other ways yeah. of doing so, that? So I think um, if if you're worried about your memory or your mental health in general, go to your GP. They will assess it and manage it but if they want our help then they would let us know and we'd invite the patient um to come and see us for a chat yeah okay or you go to them which i think is a good thing yeah in in certain circumstances in certain circumstances right Stuart, thank you so much indeed for coming on it's been a real pleasure talking to you good conversation and uh yeah and just continued continued with the great work i mean um as i say it's something that um you know i'm experiencing in my own personal life and i'm sure there'll be people listening here right now who um you know particularly because we discussed the elderly because that's your job is that um i i think this is just my personal view that we don't 
have a good enough attitude towards dealing helping with people who are old and i know that's a generalized statement but i do think that there's some evidence in that that um we need to do more to kind of um you know help people in their later life so just continued success and thank you for so much for coming in thanks for having me on yeah you're welcome um great so what we're going to do now is that huge thank you to stuart for um talking to us and that was the campus for aging and vitality um that he was uh, representing there and uh, thank you to john who was in the background uh, who was from the northumberland uh nhs foundation trust who was just listening intently um so yeah uh, what we're going to do now is take a break and uh chantal herbert is in the studio now from uh sister shack so she's going to be talking to us after we take a quick break for some ads and we're going to play gimme shelter by um oh well Ro- done. rolling well stones done. uh <laughs> and then we'll be back in about five minutes here on mentally sound on spice fm 98.8 fm for the community by the community spice fm 98.8 fm Hi, this is Shamshad from the Health Matters Show and we're putting on a Ladies Pamper and Wellness Day to raise funds for Human Appeal. Come and get pampered with reflexology, massage, makeup. It's happening on Sunday the 10th of March, 11 till 4 at Riverside Community Health Project on Atkinson Road. Entry is by donation. You can donate on www.justgiving.com forward slash pamperday hyphen HA or you can email me on shamshad at simplydiet.co.uk. Hope to see you there. Welcome to your community announcement answer machine. To broadcast your community announcement on Spice FM free of charge, call 0191273988. Select option 3 and record your message. No more messages. Spice FM 98.8 FM.
Hello everyone, welcome back. To Bentley Sound. Give me shelter, which is phenomenal. Awesome, um, track. awesome track. Yeah, awesome track. Um, and also as well, what's interesting as well is because we just said with um, uh, with Chantal, who's here from Sister Shack, Sister is actually in the lyrics to yeah. Give Me Shelter. <laughs> um, so I think it, it was a it, it, that wasn't intended to be a segue, but it turned out to be, mm. uh, which is really cool. What a what a really interesting interview. Um, I found really with, cool, with Stuart yeah. really nice. Um, um, and, and like I say, we've only scratched the surface that one, so I'm int- I'll be look, right. I'm already looking forward to them come back again. Uh, he's right, and I mean, and Ricky knows this is that the way that I like to talk to people is that I just go with whatever kind of instinctively mm. makes sense and, and um, I, I just felt that that was fascinating because I, I generally you know I saw a poster for dementia on the way here yeah. and I think that's why subconsciously it was in my it was in my um, I'm excited to, to learn that, that we're becoming a dementia friendly uh, friendly city um, yeah so it, you know, a charter that the council took on. So I certainly hear a lot. I mean, you know how we were doing slow, and I never knew they did a thing called slow, slow banking. banking. Yeah. Um. You know, so it, it shows he knows. He's he's definitely in the know in terms yeah. of um. And it was just nice because, like, like I touched on. I told him this before he came on. This is kind of behind the scenes peek at like kind of our thought process. But we really wanted to have on um. You know, uh, essentially professionals, because uh, our remit used to be that we just, uh, you know, when we first started, this show was wanting to be just about service users and talking about, you know, like the the, the people who were going through the struggle, which we do spend a lot of effort in and we talk about our own personal experiences, but we don't want it to just be that we're on one side of the fence. Like, we want everyone to be working together. So the idea of having this this thing of like, we feel alienated, so we're going to alienate ourselves by only having ourselves on, which is... It was interesting yesterday point, yesterday yeah. was on, 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 on social media it was the hashtag MH Nurses Day. So I had a lot yep. of lot of service users actually paying tribute to nurses who were helping through Great. And stuff. So that pleasing to hear that. Yeah. Because yeah, that's another thing as I talked about this at university actually about I talked a little bit about the radio show and I said um I said that uh, we we have a rule here that we don't, for example, say that the NHS is bad. Mm-hmm. Um, that the that the you know when you if you have a if you have a, a particular situation where yeah. you didn't get treated very well, it doesn't mean that the whole organisation is a waste of time. So it's tricky, just clear. very quickly, because like you know my my sis my sister-in-law is an occupational therapist. Yep. And there's so much that she wants to say, but but you know for obvious reasons she can't because of co- of course you know there's a patient's aside to her and and you know have to be yeah. really confidential about things. So yeah. Huge kudos for Stuart coming in and yeah, it was really, really, it was really, really fun. So huge thank you to him and for John for I guess setting help setting it up or um, mm. you know just being his liaison essentially. <laughs> He's just like in the background going, mm. <laughs> do a good interview, Stephen, <laughs> or I'll be wagging my tail. Um, I'm just joking. He was a very nice guy. Um, uh, Chantal. Um, welcome to the show. Hello. Um, from uh, Sister Shack, which I absolutely love the name of. It just I love the word Shack. It, it just implies friendliness. No, I love it. Um, yeah, you I know, use that name. I used to have a furniture business, and that was called Mama Shack. <laughs> oh, okay. Did you ever see Kitchen Nightmares? No. Uh, there was a Kitchen Nightmares episode with them. Um, oh, better. Go away. Um, <laughs> we're not. We're not on air. Um, yeah, sorry. I don't know who's ringing at that time. It can't be early. It's no, supposed no. to be one, so I don't know who that is. Um, but yeah, so um, uh, Mama Sherry's food shack was yes, the, uh, in Brighton. In Brighton. Oh, yeah, I've uh, met her. Oh, have you really? Yeah. Oh, she sounds. I was so at the Edinburgh cool. Festival, and she was yeah. there, like uh, doing the doing the. Uh, yeah, so they must have stole my name. Yeah, probably. We've been, I've been Mama Shack for like. 
was about 10 years yeah maybe maybe um, if Anthony's putting a lawsuit then she doesn't do it she doesn't do it anymore um, okay. no I saw um, uh, sorry this is a complete segue we'll get to talking to Isha um, but just the um, so the one I'm referring to it was she, soul food wasn't it yeah soul yes. food because yeah. she was a, a foster oh, I heard um, about this one yeah. yeah I know about this yeah, yeah. and um, she did really well and then upscaled and then like it died and then I saw an interview on our YouTube channel of all places and she was being interviewed by a person and I think she earns a living now like writing food books or something like that oh, but um, but she does she isn't in the restaurant business okay. anymore but anyway so she had uh, when I thought of that that was a particularly brilliant episode of that show and so I thought and it and it doesn't it feels like friendliness I don't yeah. like it really no, does, it does. I, anyway um, so so how did you come up with uh, uh, Sister Shack as a name um, well it was it was called Mama Shack mm-hmm. and after after I changed from the French business to this I was calling it Mama Shack but people thought it was still a, it was a for children, mm-hmm. obviously mamas, mum, and for ages I was trying to think of a name. And then my friend said, "Call it Sister Shack." Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that makes sense. I don't have to change it so much. So yeah, just about females, sister. Yeah, um, absolutely. It, it nothing, nothing complicated. Just yeah. a friend came up with it. There's no connotations to sister act, is it? It just sounds no, similar. Definitely, <laughs> definitely not. You still you know, break into was, song. You know, we talk about men sheds a lot. Well, yeah. men shacks. You know, we should. Yeah, maybe. We, yeah. No, this is about women, not. No, okay. <laughs> not everything goes back to men. <laughs> Shut down in flames. <laughs> So yeah, so 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 as um, according to my notes, uh, Sister Shack's like a collective of entrepreneurs and artists yeah. and all that kind of thing. Do you want to so talk about that? It's mainly it's me. I run it all. Um, it's mm-hmm. mine, and I say it's a collective because even though I don't have anyone helping me in it, it's still a collective because it's it brings loads of women together. Yeah, of course. So I um, started doing an event last year, and I'm a DJ, and I'd had it in mind for a while that I wanted to do something that was women focused, getting women work. So I decided to do an event, and it was entrepreneurs, artists, people that do crafts, and um, DJs and musicians for the next one that I did. And I do it at Time Bank Brewery. So we have stalls, people selling whatever they make, uh, Mm -hmm. and I DJ with my friend in the evening and try to get some of the female DJs. And, um, yeah, it's just a, a celebration of women in industry and women. Is it particularly with a creative niche, sort of like within mm, creative arts sort of thing? It was, but this one, I've moved on to having speakers. Right. So for the one I'm doing on the 8th and 9th, we've got loads of speakers doing talks in relation to... Actually, it's not just in relation to women. I've got a woman doing a talk on dyspraxia, which is... Um, I don't know if you know what dyspraxia is. Yeah, uh, I've heard all, uh, well, we, had the, we had someone on for that. We had the, dis, no, was it the Northumberland Dyslexia Association? I think she talked about that. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, so oh, okay. dyspraxia. I've got a woman talking about dyspraxia. I've got a lady talking about um, what's called the superwoman complex, which is women, we think that even though we're doing enough, we're not doing enough. So you have to be like the superhero and you're always trying hard <laughs> and then you end, you end up burning out. Yeah. So we've got women talking about that. I've got someone coming in to... I've got Victims First Northumbria coming in. To, yeah, they've yeah, yeah. got a stand and they're going to do a little talk as well. So it's it's not, this one's not just women focused. It is, but it isn't. It's women okay. giving talks, but it's accessible for everybody. Oh, so right, we're, cool. we're not just going to be talking about periods, mm-hmm. <laughs> <Okay>. essentially. <laughs> there is someone doing a talk about 
um, the menopause. <laughs> but aside from that, yeah. It's <laughs> I guess it's one of the things I can't believe you said that. And then I was okay. I get where you. I get why. I get your point though in the yeah. wider context there. You know. Um, <laughs> I'm curious about because I mean this may be a silly question, but what type of DJing? Because I'm assuming there's more than one. Uh, I'm a vinyl DJ, so oh, I use oh, vinyl. That's, that's fun. I've slowly. I've now got a CDJ, so I can use mp3s or cds and yeah. i do use them sometimes but literally I, music to my ears because i'm a record collector as well so oh yeah well yeah. i actually organize record fairs as well oh well, record market we oh. should meet after yes yeah. definitely <laughs> i just had the last one in january no february because um just the now. reason i asked you that i'm so pleased you like vinyl because it to me um you know correct me if i'm wrong because you're actually in the the industry but like that that to me seems like actual djing as opposed to you know like whenever i like go to clubs now these days which is once every year because <laughs> i'm like uh you know i'm, I'm, a, I'm a dad and everything else mm-hmm. But um, there's just a person with our app, with our um, with our um, i i um, with our uh, like um, iMac just sitting there with sitting there playing things. Um, it depends. Actually, I I know a lot of DJs who are um, digital electronic DJs, mm-hmm. and they're amazing. Okay, and they have a you know, full mixer. They've got they've got decks, uh, CDJ decks, or um, they're using USB or they're using a laptop and they're amazing yeah. they are and it's, it's a skill it depends I mean you get it's like anything you get a DJ who will press play on something <laughs> but I don't go to places like that yeah. this is I think it's a reputable craft no matter what you do but I think that if you don't for me if you don't know how to use vinyl I feel like you're missing something yeah I don't think you're any less of a DJ than there was a time else. when clubs Back in the days when iPods were like the big thing then, but they were iPod parties where you just bring your own iPod, plug it in and play your own sort of thing. Well, people ask me sometimes, can you not just plug, they'll say, oh, can you play this? Oh, I haven't yeah. got it, I'm playing records. Oh, can you not just plug this in? Well, yeah. No, I'm, first of all, I'm not your puppet, so you can't make me play music. And also, why would I plug in that into my very expensive equipment? Yeah. And I'm being paid to do something. And if I don't have the song, I don't have the song, I'm sorry, but you can go home. Go home and listen to your record if you really want. You just all can't you... beat vinyl. It's like it's like with e- e-books and books. It's like this. You need it's, the, the it's feel, tangible. The smell, you can the touch art. it. Yeah. And yeah. I, for me, with with digital, I just feel like I because I can't see it. Yeah. And I can't just stop it. I have to press it, press play. And um, I I actually have dyspraxia as well, so I find a lot. Of th- I find things like quite hard if I'm trying to do two different three things at once. Yeah. So if I'm having to look at a laptop. And if I'm having to then look at a bit of equipment here, a bit of equipment here, my brain just shuts down. So with records, I can pick it up, see what I'm playing. Yeah. I can control it. Yeah. So for me, but then I'm not going to say, oh, if you're a digital DJ, you're not as good as me. Because they know so much more than I will ever know. Because you'll find that if someone's a digital DJ, they will hone their craft so much. You know, they're, yeah. They they can just, they spend hours hours and hours and hours days just playing for the love and records are just they're very heavy and <laughs> they're very heavy and they're expensive and you've got to Good you've, point. Got to, you've <laughs> got to really love what you do and there's only you're very limited they're kind of more expensive vinyl. now that they've come back in fashion bit, they? yeah they are yeah. they are um and it's harder to get hold of things on record. Which is why we'll we'll talk record fairs afterwards. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, going back to your original... Richie's geekiness is coming yeah. out, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mine too, mine yeah. too. Um, so is it particularly vulnerable women, or when you talk about empowering women, it can be women who... Anyone, it's like... It's anyone, very inclusive, so... Yeah, I'm, I mean, I only use these buzzword, buzzwords like empowering women, mm. well-being, because it 
it draws in the crowd that I want to come. Mm. But ultimately, I just want to get women work because I yeah. will, if I can pay them, I will. And this for me, I I charge some money for stalls, but it all just goes straight back into paying the musicians that I have mm. and paying people because I, I feel like when someone like when I used to DJ, I'd be asked to play, and no one would ever pay me ever. Mm. And I felt like I know that some of the other DJs were getting paid and I wouldn't be. Yeah. And it's not because I wasn't as good as them. Mm. I think it was because I'd be more willing to play for free because I just felt like I was mm. being done a favour yeah. by being the girl asked to play some music. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I do the vinyl fairs and I'll be standing there with my boyfriend and well, he'll be sitting down watching his iPad. I'm standing there with the money pouch and they'll give him the record. And I'm standing there like... Hello, yeah. I'm the wow. one here. Yeah. And it doesn't matter what he's doing, he could be the other side of the room, they'll go over to him and try and give him the money. And I, I f- felt there was definitely this big gap between people understanding that women are able, just as much as men, to do what they're doing or what a man's doing. So I just wanted to create a space where women as well could feel not as, what's the word? I guess vulnerable. Because when you're, for me, when I'm, with a group of men mm-hmm. I'm still very aware that I'm the female there and mm-hmm. I'm very aware that I I feel like I'm a lesser person and that's that's me but I know a lot of women feel that way you know if we're yeah. if we're at a market doing a market with men and women we don't feel like we belong there so I wanted to, uh, women to have a space where they felt like they belonged and yeah. could make money because mm-hmm. you know, we've got to earn a living. Yeah, um, yeah no, I imagine as well it like increases you know um, women's self esteem who go to them things you know and all that kind of stuff. And, definitely, mm-hmm. and, and hopefully it'll it'll apply to other things that they go to in the future. Yes. That's I, I'm sure that's the crux of it. Yeah. Well, some of them have actually found work after. So really? they've done a market. The first one I had, I had a lady called Nora. Well, that's her company is called Nora Cool, and she does Perspex jewelry, and her stuff's amazing. And I found her at the Sage, and I asked her to have a stall. But now she's got some of her items in a shop permanently which is in newcastle so through that people are getting repeat business they might not make much money at the at the market but later on they'll get some sales so it gets it's getting them out there and i also i have done a lot of events in the past so i can do it like quite well and i'm really good at promoting like online so when when the market's coming about, I'll say, okay, we've got this person. So everyone gets their own separate posts, so it can bring traffic to them afterwards. And on my website as well, I have a section where I say it's called Women We Love. So I'll have a woman on there like Nora Cool, and it has links to their shops. So cool. it's about creating like a collective more. So it's about creating a whole trend rather than just a one-off day of we've got a stall off you go it must be incredibly rewarding to see them like you know unleash their talents and seeing them empower. it is it is it's uh for me it's rewarding is that one of the motivations that got you t- to do this yeah i i um i've been like playing music for a long time and i never really had the confidence to like go out and just say right i'm a dj mm-hmm. and to say it and you know, i just said oh, i just play some music and then at the end of 2007 i had quite a big breakdown and i was off work for about three months and I had like some deep psychotherapy and I decided right I'm going to I'm going to start a DJ page and my friends were like yeah go on go on and I did it and the day I did it I just broke down in tears because people were saying oh no well done this is really good that you're getting yourself out there and it just broke me and then I thought right okay I'm going to I want other women to have this feeling of that they actually can have a space and that they can 
push themselves or I can help push them and it'll give them some sort of mental mental well-being satisfaction yeah. yeah satisfaction well-being and I've had quite a lot of history of mental health problems okay so for me this was also for myself to actually go actually you're capable of doing something and that you're not stupid yeah really so yeah, I guess the final thing I wanted to ask you because it's obviously you know you, you've touched on mental health which obviously is what the crux yeah. of our show is and I'm curious like in relation to it in a sort of DJ sense is that like was your is is it challenging you know, becoming a, a DJ because I mean, it seems like. Correct me if I'm wrong, but it, it, I mean, the assumption that I that I feel about it is probably it is a very male-dominated oh, profession. Yeah, very. <laughs> um, so, how did it feel for you, sort of growing up for it, mental health-wise? Was it a real challenge to be noticed? And yeah, um, I, I don't get a lot of work, uh, much that that much work. I've got a kind of residency at Time Bound Brewery, which is I play there when they've got events. I play for them, um, but I do find that. I don't know whether it's because I'm not pushing myself or whether it's you just I don't have the links the contacts it's a lot harder and I've got a few friends who are female DJs and they don't really do much work mm -hmm. I find that if you're a female DJ you have to look a certain way to get a job so a lot of the DJs that I follow who are female you know they'll be in a lot of less clothing shall we say it's all about their looks yeah. first mm -hmm. and that's the way you get noticed and then you mm -hmm. can kind of do what you want not all female DJs but a lot of them seem to be, it's about their looks. That really does sound like a stereotype, doesn't it? Cause, it I mean, does. It's a bit like, would really, I've seen like male DJs in certain places who like come in like um, a hoodie and a, yeah. you know, and it's like. I mean, there are some male DJs matter, who are you know? definitely hired more so because they look good. Yeah. But but it's probably rarer, I assume. It's rarer and you'll see on their pages, oh, that girl's not playing, she's just pressing play. They don't even believe that you're <laughs> playing music. Wow. And some of them aren't, but some of the male DJs aren't. But it, yeah. it seems to be that you get studied more about how good you are. Yeah. So I've I've never felt like I've been able to push myself because I don't see myself as being as technically as good as everybody else. Even if I am, I don't feel it. So I feel that I have to prove myself more so. And then you don't want to go for the job or you don't want to push yourself there because you think you're just going to be judged, which sometimes you are. Great. So one of the books I'm currently reading, um, Ville Valbertine, who used to be in the punk band The Slits, okay. what, a lot of what you just said resonates in what she was saying because in, in her day when she was trying to break through, and in, in, in one sense it was one of the good things that punk did was that it, it sort of gave females a chance especially to come into music yes we can play guitars yes we can stand on stage and you know put out good music you know and they have to go through that looks barrier they don't look the part yeah it's and what you do definitely get judged more on your te technical skills how you look you know if you make a mistake if i make a mistake when i'm djing for me it's the end of the world because yeah. i just think everyone's going to judge me and yeah. i can't make a mistake and that amount of pressure is so it's it's too much you just you don't feel like you're ever good enough mm -hmm. and that's another thing that with the talks that we're having um at the events the superwoman complex one it's just you never feel good enough you know i've got a, i've got a nine-year-old and i've had really successful businesses but i never feel good enough just mm -hmm. and i don't think i ever will feel good enough because there's always more that i could be doing that's fascinating because i find that um i i mean this is too much of it we, we've got to wrap things up now for ads but i just wanted to say it's such a fascinating thing what you said there because I often say to um, to people in regards to motivate when you get motivation is you kind of need a little bit of that to to motivate yourself to do yeah, things. It's just yeah. when it becomes a little overwhelming. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, do you get what I mean? Is that yeah. it's, it, it, it's the if you feel like that all the time, that's obviously a thing you need to deal with. 
but the idea of people going, I just wish I never felt that, is kind of missing that you kind of need that edge. No, definitely, you need to, that edge. To you be do better, need it. You know. But it becomes, it depends, it, as you said, it's how, when does it become too far? Yes. And if it's making you have a breakdown, that means you've gone too far. Well, I'm really, I'm really, it sounds fantastic that you get a collective, like a meeting together yeah. to do all these things. When's the next one? Because we want to wrap things up just yeah. to say it. Um, the next one for International Women's Day is on the 8th of March in Sunderland. Great. It's not far at all. Yeah, City Space. Yeah. And the next, the one after that is on the ninth, so Great. I'm doing two in a row, wow. and that's at Time Bank Brewery, and that one starts at twelve, and that's till twelve, so twelve p.m. to twelve a.m. Uh, Time Bank, and on the Sunderland one the day before eighth, which is eleven a.m. till seven p.m. Great, and how do people get involved? Um, you can, I've got a website, so that's sister dash shack dot com. They can go to my Instagram, which is sister dot shack and then <laughs> facebook is sisters shack and in uh, twitter is sister underscore shack and then all the details are there and they Great. can message me fantastic oh well thank you so much for coming on it's been really interesting really talking to you thank you yeah um thank hope you. it wasn't too uh, painful no no fine um, yeah i could go on forever yeah of course <laughs> you could and just congratulations and keep up the you know like i keep up the motivation and um and i i mean one, one of the things I, I don't think this is a it's an obvious thing to say but one of the things about being open and have you know when we do the show for example yeah. is to to give people's opportunities to to better their lives and and to give them the encouragement i i did a speech at the university yesterday where i talked about I can't describe to you the importance of encouraging somebody and how little it takes to for someone to yeah, to yeah. do something. And so, that's right. That's um, so if right. you're involved in that, even in a minute scale, and trying your best to do that, then good luck to you because you, you deserve it. So, thank you very much. Um, so thank you so much, Chantal, <laughs> no, and, uh, no, and you. have a good rest of your day. I will. Thank um, you very much. Thank great. You for me. So what we're going to do now is play some ads and a break because we have, I believe, Claire waiting in the wings because the phone's been non-stop ringing <laughs> <laughs> for the last like twenty minutes. So hopefully she's uh, it is who we were expecting um, so we're going to play um, Axwell uh, Ingross with On My Way which I played about about four or five months ago it's a great great song I, I heard this on the um, Will Poker series which is a, it's a fantastic like dance, dancey song actually a little bit of a, a little bit of a segue I don't know if you'll like it you like a oh, sort of dancey song dance but, music, um, yeah, but yeah we're going to play that and we'll be back in the studio right after oh. this song
Vibrant Radio. Spice up your life. Spice FM. 98.8 FM. The Glasses Factory has arrived on West Road in Newcastle. To celebrate the opening of our new flagship store, the Glasses Factory are offering free eye tests, plus a £5 voucher for each eye test conducted. The Glasses Factory are always here to help. We have multilingual assistance in Punjabi and Urdu, and also both male and female attendants. See for yourself. The Glasses Factory, 498 Westgate Road, Newcastle. Call 0191 273 8460. Log on at glassesfactory.co.uk or search us out on Facebook. Have you heard about the latest wedding and events venue in town? The Newbridge Hotel in the heart of Newcastle City Centre is now available for Asian weddings, celebrations and events. The Newbridge Hotel's newly refurbished Granger Suite has a capacity of up to 400 guests. And the Time Suite is the perfect setting for a welcome drinks reception. We are fully equipped for your choice of caterer to work from our kitchens. And we'll also provide all your crockery, cutlery, glassware and linen. The Newbridge Hotel, Newbridge Street, Newcastle, offering a unique, unforgettable experience for your big day. For more information, get in touch with our dedicated wedding coordinator on 0191 250 5400 or email sales at the 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, Spice FM 98.8 FM.
Sometimes I lay under the moon. I thank God I'm breathing. And I pray, don't take me soon. Cause I am here for reasons. Sometimes in my tears I drown. But I never let it get me down. So when negativity surrounds, I know everyone welcome back to mentally sound that was one day with um um one day by mitu yashu i don't know how to say that correctly um uh but yeah it was a and a super super fun interview uh, we did there with chantal and we were having a nice conversation with her finally um, i got to get my geek dumb out you know <laughs> how, how long have i waited for you know and how to put it with all yours and now <laughs> yeah it was um it was it was nice to see you guys it, it's 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 rare he gets excited on the show um, <laughs> but uh, it was really nice. he's like you're a divino it's like eyes popped out yeah. like he was um there with the bugs bunny <laughs> 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 and, uh, but good i like one yeah i like one 
people get excited about because I mean this is the thing um, you know when I talk about mental health in a kind of public setting I talk about how in, how important it is to do hobbies and you know yeah. they're just as imperative yeah. as getting help like we've just discussed um, uh, with Chantal and everything and um, and uh, you know anyone who wants to help somebody is in it, is in it you know deserves huge credit mm-hmm. because you know they're, they're basically saying it's not just about me mm-hmm. and my experiences can help somebody else and that's really essentially what we try to do on this program so mm-hmm. um, so yeah huge thank you to Chantal and to Stuart who very kindly um, has just tweeted his picture oh, really? um, and said Excellent. huge thank you so huge thank you to Stuart he was a really nice guest mm-hmm. um, but hopefully this is the point where yeah. we, we, we appeal to the gods uh, <laughs> and go, please make this work, is hopefully Claire is on the phone now because we, uh, anyone who uh, was listening to our show last time, uh, we had a colleague, do you remember the name of the girl? Uh, Joanne. Joanne, yeah, that was it. Um, Joanne, who was from Papyrus, um, we wanted to have on the show last time, but we had loads of phone technical issues. So hopefully we have a deal because um, Joanne couldn't join us today, but her colleague Claire Donning, who is the manager of Hopeline UK, helpline at Papyrus should join us on the phone right now. Claire, can you hear us? I certainly can. <laughs> <laughs> right, that's the end of the show. Uh, we just wanted to check that the phone was working. Um, yeah. You've been, you've been, what, what, was it, what was it, MTV? You've been punked or whatever yeah, it was. No, no, I'm only, be, I'm only joking. Huge thank you, Claire, um, for, for being patient uh, uh, and sorry for being a little bit late. Um, no problem. Um, but yeah, we're hugely excited to have you guys on because we were talking about Papyrus in the last show and then unfortunately we had the technical issues and we couldn't actually talk to you guys. So I think with last time as well, because it was, it was in the middle of uh, Child Mental Health Week, so it kind of made sense to talk to Papyrus. But I don't yes. think we should rule that off the table just for this... Um Oh. you know because it is about young suicide and suicide prevention as well so yes because yeah, yeah, I, yeah thank you Rick. that's actually a good point because we talked about suicide in the last row mm-hmm. in quite uh, good detail um, but we still obviously want to talk about it because it's a huge uh, subject matter so I just mentioned uh, Claire that you are the manager of Hope Line UK and then we'll get on to Papyrus as a whole so could you tell us what uh, Hope Line UK is certainly can. So Hopeline UK is our suicide prevention helpline and it's a national helpline. We cover all of the UK and what we do on Hopeline is we help people that are struggling with thoughts of suicide and we help them to get to a place of safety. We empower them to keep safe from suicide and Mm -hmm. we also support any friends and family or professionals that might be wanting to support that person. Right. Okay and uh, is there a particular age range that you look for or anything like that? We, when, when I say young suicide, we support people up to the age of 35. With Papyrus, mm-hmm. we were founded by um, our trustees, mm-hmm. and they all lost a child to suicide, and mm-hmm. they ranged between the ages of 8 to 34. Okay. So right. we support people up to the age of 35 on Hopeline UK. I'm really glad I asked that, because I guess people listening to this might have assumed it was up to 18 or something like that, or 21, so the fact of 35, you know, is, uh, is good, because you've also, in a, in, a, in a roundabout way, complimented me because I'm 31 and I love the idea of I still feel young. Um, so I appreciate you saying that. Well, pre- previous guest said that I don't look my age. So yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm still on the high after that, actually. Yeah. Uh, the last guest, Rick, she was in Divinal and she said, Rick, you're younger. Rick, you just like, I, I, the show's not going to get any better, quite frankly. Um, but yeah. Um, Can I just ask Claire, um, in regards to Hopeline UK, so is it, is it like sort of a touch on the, on the word sort of helpline? So are you, is this sort of a crisis hotline sort of thing? Well, we're a suicide prevention helpline. Yeah. So I suppose in a respect you could call it a crisis line, but we, we're suicide prevention, so that's how we refer to it. Mm. And, you know, we all recognise, don't we, the pressures that people are under today. 
and anybody regardless of, of what's happening for you can struggle with thoughts of suicide and like you were saying you know suicide is so prevalent in our society mm. <clears throat> excuse me it is the biggest killer of young people across the UK mm-hmm. and that's what we want to do at Papyrus we want to make sure that people are comfortable having that conversation mm-hmm. we're there to support people right now that are struggling with those thoughts and feelings of suicide and as a parent as well myself you know I think it's really important that if our young people if our friends are struggling with thoughts of suicide that we have somewhere to go with that that we have somebody yeah. to, to talk that through with because there is absolutely no downside with talking about suicide with being open and honest about those thoughts and feelings yeah. but often we can feel quite scared can't we as a parent to bring that up mm-hmm. and to have that frank conversation and what we can do at Hopeline is support people that are wanting to have that conversation and just to let them know that there is no downside, you're not kind of going to increase any risk by having that conversation. So we just want to support as many people as we can. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess, um, and I'll, I'll, uh, Ricky will be in the next question, is um, the, the thing that I find really curious is because, I mean, obviously, it's not just suicide that we talk about. I mean, the, mm. the word that on this show in particular is what I'm saying is that we, we I love the word prevention because we think it's yeah. such an important thing. And, and um, I, I guess it, the reason that I was thinking about that in relation to, to, to Hopeline is I wanted to ask you directly, like, it, 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 there is no real necessary, is there a, necess- is there a, a, a necessary criteria for, I'm trying, the reason I'm struggling, um, mm. Claire, is to try and, like, kind of come up with a way of saying this in a fair way, because I don't, what you know, some some organisations have a criteria of you have to be, like, really down in the dumps to get help. You have to, you know, there's a criteria for, you have to be really suicidal in order to be helped. And I'm just wondering... Do, you know can you do, does it matter um how how suicidal you're feeling in order to be helped I, I don't really like phrasing it that way but do you see what i'm trying to say i do i mm-hmm. do and i think that you know sometimes we can kind of presume that there, there has to be a criteria you yes. have to be at this level of crisis absolutely not if you were struggling with those thoughts in any way then please give us a call you know it's really important that when those thoughts do come in that you pick the phone up and have a conversation with someone mm-hmm. yeah. that it can happen to anyone and certainly it we don't have any criteria you don't have to be at any level of crisis if you're having those thoughts please pick the phone up to us the, the sooner that you can pick the phone up to us the better mm-hmm. if that makes sense because what we does. can do then is just give you those those skills to deal with those thoughts and hopefully make you more aware of the supports that are around there so you know like i said it's the biggest killer of young people Mm -hmm. in the uk so we want to get to to people before they become one of those statistics as horrible as that might sound i think steve you made a a fundamental point there because when you mention criteria because it's often it's often sometimes with 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 some organizations that um it can be often like a first attempt as if that's mm. the one to get help, but but after a first attempt can often be the fatal one, and it's too late. So I, I like the word prevention as well because, as you say, it doesn't matter what level of crisis you are. I mean, you're there as support, and you know it's about having those feelings and thoughts in the beginning, um, which is why I guess organisations like Papyrus are there to, to deal with that. Is that right? Absolutely, and that's absolutely vital that people don't think, well, I'm not bad enough 
Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I don't fit that criteria. I'm not in enough crisis to call. If you've had that thought and that is going through your mind, then pick the phone up to mm-hmm. us. We are prevention. We want to help you if you're managing those thoughts so we can empower you to deal with them in a different way. Mm-hmm. We all know as well, don't we, that, you know, services are, are really busy. Yeah. But there are so many good charities out there mm-hmm. that people don't need to be dealing with all this on their own. And mm-hmm. we want to... Prov- uh, support as many people as we possibly can mm-hmm. there isn't a criteria if that thought has come into your mind if you're struggling yeah. with it please don't be alone mm-hmm. and you know you were saying a first attempt could be a fatal attempt yeah. what we would want to do is get people to the point where they're not attempting at all yeah. we want to have that conversation mm-hmm. with them and equip you with those skills in the first place mm-hmm. and again as well if you're a parent, if you're a friend and you're thinking that somebody that's close to you might be struggling with mm-hmm. life, struggling with thoughts of suicide, then mm-hmm. pick up the phone as well and we can support you to have that conversation. Would it be fair to say as well, Claire, that the idea of, of feeling somewhat hopelessness or having nothing to live for, it's just, the reason I'm saying this is because mm-hmm. that to me is almost as, as like... I guess what I'm asking you directly is that I think people misconstrue that that's not a suicidal thought. But I, 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 I as someone who's been suicidal in in his life before, yeah. do you, I, I feel that that's just as important to deal with as as actually attempting suicide. Do you do you think that's a fair thing to say? Absolutely, I would think that if you're struggling with life, if you're struggling to see what the point is, if you're having those feelings like hopelessness. We get people contacting Hopeline all the time and they've just lost sight of themselves. They might feel like a burden to the family. Mm-hmm. You know, they can't see what the point is for them anymore. And if anybody is struggling with those feelings, we would always ask them to reach out to us mm-hmm. because we absolutely can provide you with that help and with that hope. And that's what we can do at Hopeline. So just don't sit on those feelings. Please don't be sitting feeling hopeless or feeling like a burden, pick the phone up and we can help you. Like you said, prevention is the key word in there, isn't it? We want to stop people getting to that place at all. So if we can do that and if we can help people along the way, that's what we're there to do. Mm-hmm. Can yeah. you talk to us more about the, as regards to volunteering and training within Papyrus? Because it's something that I read on your website called ASSIST, which, which, is, which is for Applied Suicide Intervention Skills Training. Um, is that open to everyone? How do people come along? Is it? Is there? A, I've used the same word before as a criteria, but is there um, a certain certain type of person out there that you that you look for, or is it just anyone who wants to you know work for the cause? If there isn't a criteria for anybody to come on the assist course, yeah. an assist is um, an absolutely wonderful model of suicide prevention and that's recommended by the World Health Organization. Okay. What we want at Papyrus is to have suicide safer communities. Mm-hmm. We want to make our communities safe for everybody to be in and we want that society where we're not frightened to talk about suicide mm-hmm. and we can break down that stigma and that is what ASSIST will do. It will give you these skills to talk about suicide in an open an honest way Mm -hmm. and it will help you to move people towards safety Mm -hmm. so if you are a parent Mm -hmm. if you are somebody that has friends if you're a professional Mm -hmm. then if you're part of society or part of any community then you absolutely hit the criteria for assist Mm -hmm. and we run them up and down the UK Mm -hmm. so you know it's just to keep an eye on our website really and just to find out if Mm -hmm. there is one that is by you Um, you know but absolutely anybody can come and do an assist 
and there's many people many people will do it for many different reasons Mm -hmm. um you know and there isn't any any particular criteria at all Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i think as well just as a sub as a as a sub um a sub point to that is that the not only is there not a criteria to be held but uh, but uh, but uh, what i like from what i'm hearing what you're saying and what papyrus does in, in hope line uk is that there's no criteria for what reason you feel suicidal because you sometimes find as well that if in some if somebody needs help for something like suicide or, or obviously any other any other uh, type of, of problem somebody has is that it's like mm-hmm. they, they they might have a sort of view that like you know if it's it doesn't matter if it's financial it doesn't matter if it's this because sometimes i guess the reason i want to say that to people if there's anyone who's feeling like that who's listening now is the idea of like you might, there's always with because it's a mental health issue is what we want to talk about is that your brain might trick you into thinking well they'll not give me help because i've i've got financial problems and that's my fault and all this kind of thing and mm-hmm. and it's just nice to know that that, that, that you're not going to sit there and go well well no we're not going to help you because you have to have a particular you know reason a particular reason for being suicidal or that kind of thing so um it's nice that you think that could you tell us about um uh, i mean you may not be able to but can you give us it uh, papyrus offer more than just the hopeline uk or is it just that we offer all different kinds of, of services. Mm-hmm. So we do have Hopeline UK, like I said, the national helpline that can help um, people to keep safe from suicide and any concerned others. We offer different training courses. So we offer um, awareness raising sessions um, to a half day session that's going to be thinking about having that conversation and then the assist course. But we do lots of community work as well. So we work in schools, mm-hmm. in universities. And we've actually done a school and university guide so that our children that um, are out there that are in education are supported. You know, we, we lose 200 school-aged children a year mm-hmm. to suicide, which is just an absolutely shocking statistic, yeah. but it's the truth. So within our educational systems as well, we need to be better. And a wonderful point that you made there is about, you know, people's different reasons for mm-hmm. feeling suicidal. Yeah. We all have different emotional resilience, mm-hmm. be, be as sort of a child or adult. There are different things that can impact all of us at any given time, be it financial, be it self-esteem. It can be anything, can't it? Any, anything can make you have those thoughts at any given time. We could all be at risk of having thoughts of suicide. You know, mm-hmm. this is something that we see regularly on Hopeline UK and we absolutely don't dismiss any reason and that's why we do offer such a a broad range of services so from our community Mm -hmm. projects to our work with school to Hopeline UK we want to support as many people as much as we can because it is a community health issue that we're dealing with absolutely my my final question Claire is um, because I read on your website that, that one of the one of the core core elements to papyrus is that you're aiming to um, shape policy change and I, I, you might have touched on it before because you know like working with universities but is, is that meaning like you are in discussion with sort of um, governments and councils as to how to deal with this problem as well or how to tackle this and, and, and so forth? Absolutely. You know, we do have the newly appointed suicide prevention minister, don't we, as well, which is an excellent change. That Mm -hmm. shows that people are starting to recognise this. And we do sit on those boards and we do try and change those policies as well. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, so from 
that perspective, we are trying to change those policies at government level. We're working really hard to make that positive change within society Mm -hmm. from going into schools, um, you know, all the way up to those policies being changed. So we do want to help prevent as many suicides as we can on on any level. And I would just like to say that if there is anybody listening to this show Mm -hmm. today who is struggling with those thoughts of suicide or you feel that a friend or a colleague or anybody that you know you're supporting might be struggling with those thoughts please give Hopeline UK a call our number's 0800 068 4141 please don't be on your own struggling with those thoughts or you know worrying about how to support someone else please give our suicide prevention helpline a call Mm -hmm. and we can help you with dealing with those sorts of feelings. Yeah, and also, um, actually, I've been. I'm not. I actually just while you were talking there, I'm actually logged on to your website, and um, you also have a mobile line as well, which is interesting. Um, That's for the. We have a text and email service as well. Yeah. Um, so we do have a text line because sometimes as well, you know, with with younger people, it's the modern way to communicate. Isn't yeah, it? I was going to say that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we just try and bridge that gap and open the service up to as many people as we possibly can. So if you are um, wanting to speak to us, but perhaps not in that direct mm-hmm. way, then you know you can text us as well. So just have a look on the website. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's oh seven seven eight eight six two zero nine six nine seven. According to your website, and also you can email at pat at papyrus uk dot org. Um, I just thought uh, I'd be like, all professional because I was reading that, and I thought, um, and I thought the the way that it the way that it was uh, the way that it's um, described uh, it, when you click on the phone numbers and everything, and it says like you know non judgmental support, practical advice is it's very well phrased. Mm-hmm. Um, and and by the way, the information that I'm uh, that I'm getting from is from the Papyrus website, which is uh, www.papyrus-uk.org/hopeline-uk. Um, if you want to um, read exactly what I'm reading on the screen right now, so uh, Claire, unfortunately, you've run out of time um, talking to you. Um, I hope um, I hope your wait wasn't too long and whatnot. And I hope it, it, it's just it was a real pleasure talking to you. Um, you know, as Ricky said, which I think was a good point, is that the last show we did it, which it was very suicide orientated because of the the yeah. people we had on, and so. Um, but I do think. In a in a roundabout way, it's nice that we got to talk to you on on today's show because it it, it continues the discussion. Um, in, in Papyrus, from what we can gather, do some amazing work. Um, and we've said on this show as well, because we're based in the northeast of England, is that you know, yeah. um, young male suicide is the highest yeah. in this in this part yeah. of the country, yeah. in particular. Yeah. So, um, it, it is an issue we really need to address. Um. So just huge thank you for being upfront and honest, and continue the continue your good work. Uh, I just Claire. say one final thanks for your colleague Joanne. She very kindly sent a package with a lot of papyrus of paraphernalia, which I'm going to happy happily distribute around here. So um, that's excellent. Yeah. And if you do need anything else from us, please do let us know. And thank you ever so much for, for no, giving thank us you. some time yeah. today. Mm-hmm. Yes, and if you do see Joanne, uh, I don't know if you uh, or or speak to her. I do apologise yes. on our behalf for last time, uh, <laughs> um, and and just and and let her know that today's interview went according to plan. <laughs> <laughs> certainly will. Great. It's been a pleasure. Thank right, you, you too, Claire. Claire. Take care. Have Thank a good you. rest of your day. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye.
Bye bye. Um, great, fantastic interview. Um, right, we're going to take a really, really short break now because um, Alisa Jane, I hope I'm saying that right, um, from uh, True Colors State, as waiting patiently with some of our guests. So, um, so we're going to take a quick, quick break now for some ads. Huge thank you to Claire uh, Donning. That was a fantastic interview. So, if we just let me uh, sort some ads out, and then we'll play a song, and then we'll be back in the studio to wrap today's show up. Um, with Elisa Jane uh, from Two Colors Theatre and then we'll wrap the show up um, just before 2 o'clock here on Metley Sound here on Spice FM 98.8 FM For the community by the community Spice FM 98.8 FM Hi, this is Shamshad from the Health Matters Show and we're putting on a Ladies Pamper and Wellness Day to raise funds for human appeal. Come and get pampered with reflexology, massage, makeup. It's happening on Sunday the 10th of March, 11 till 4 at Riverside Community Health Project on Atkinson Road. Entry is by donation. You can donate on www.justgiving.com forward slash pamperday hyphen ha or you can email me on shamshad at simplydiet.co.uk. Hope to see you there. Welcome to your community announcement answer machine. To broadcast your community announcement on Spice FM free of charge, call 0191273988. Select option 3 and record your message. No more messages. Spice FM 98.8 FM.
everyone still has a particular place to go, mainly listening to Natalie Sound on Switch. <laughs> um, apologies for, um, there was some sort of crash or something because it replayed, which, um, so I just thought, well it's a great song, I'll listen to it twice. <laughs> um, for some reason it just crashed towards the end, so apologies for that. But welcome back to Mentally Sound uh, on Spice FM 98.8 FM, that was uh, Chuck Berry and Blur uh, with song, song two, isn't it called, I believe? Um 
And uh, yeah, so a um, uh, huge thank you to our guests so far because obviously it's been a very um, again kudos to my co-host for all the booking uh, the booking requirements because we've had a lot of um, guests on and um, it's been really fun so far. Um, so as we say, me and uh, Ricky are going to be sharing a mic because we have three guests, which is uh, all at the same time. <laughs> I feel like it's just oh my god, <laughs> the look. Um, but yeah, so um, as I mentioned, so I had to write some people's names down because we thought it was just going to be Alice. Alice, am I saying that right? Alice. Um, Elisa, sorry. It's me and my dyslexia. I want to say <laughs> Alistair. Why do I want to say that? It's just not called that, Stephen. Um, um, and uh, yeah, we're showing you with Kev and Emma. Um, and, and I'm assuming does Emma use the facilities? Is that Emma's the idea? Emma's used them through colour since day one of us being there. So Great. she's a really good member. Oh, well, that's good. Because as you said, it's a good, nice uh, transition to talk about how the theatre started, all that kind of stuff, how you guys run it's it. It's a good and working example of what yeah, you guys do. It is, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll get on to that. So first of all, welcome to the show, guys. It's a real pleasure to have you on. Um, I guess we'll start with you, um, Elisa. Um, just uh, well, I guess who who started it first? Do you want to talk about the sort of stories? Um, basically, my niece has got um, autism, and she's okay. got a different condition as well, a medical condition. And we were inspired to run a theatre company for children where there was no stigma, there was no difference, where all children could grow in acceptance together. Mm-hmm. And that was the beginning of it, and it's just grown and grown. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that's that's interesting that you talk about autism because we've talked about that endlessly on this show because of uh, we, the, the obvious. Because um, um, uh, uh, what was the um, the autism uh, the thing that we went to at the premiere? That was autism, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, um, the was, uh, what was it called? Chris, Christina Stevenson. That she was uh, um, her, her son has. Um the meat sort of autism the, so the yeah, blog yeah. what was the blog called do you remember oh. it's the life of Riley life of Christine, Riley. Christine ah, yes. Stevenson I'm yeah, friends with yeah, I work yeah. alongside and oh, um, yeah there's going to be a link with us and life of Riley as well in the oh, future fantastic so. alright great because we, we were very fortunate that we had uh, Chris, Christine wasn't it yeah on the show and she she um, she invited us to the premiere of life of Riley at the uh, Tyneside Cinema yeah. um, and it was a really nice experience right. because it was a really good pilot and I hope it gets made that's that's my hope anyway it is getting made it is getting made yes <laughs> Are you allowed to say that or have you broken um, some sort of confidentiality? It will be getting made. No, we have oh. faith in it. <laughs> She's so. like, it will be getting made. That's it will be. Like, we stop, have a vision. Like, yeah, like, like it's a Yoda thing now. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I have spoken. Yeah, yeah, it will be getting made, Stephen. <laughs> ne- less of this negativity. <laughs> yes, I live of that. <laughs> um, but anyway, so Kev, how do you come into all this? Um, well, I'm, I'm like a joint director with, oh, right, with okay. Ali as well. So, yeah, we're just... Um, do all the best we can for the, for the children, really, to build the confidence through the like drama, dance, singing, and all that. So get all about getting the confidence, building the skills, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, it's yeah. good to see them grow. I asked Kev along to join us and things in the beginning because he's got a really good relationship with the children. Kev is fantastic with music and things. I'm the dance girl, the creative side of it, but I'm also the SEN girl with the passion for it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Kev had to. Get, a, get his train on that didn't yeah, he he's yeah, done fantastic in yeah, he's done really really good in mm-hmm. and then um, he was really good for building their confidence and things they all think he's the mad teacher don't they yeah <laughs> I'm, I'm the mad one <laughs> <He> <laughs> is. we all need a mad one on our team I was nodding here yeah. <laughs> um, am I right Alistair that, you, uh, that you're Alisa that you're you have an act, you're an actress so I that's am, your yes. background as well yes I so am so how much of that did you was an input into what you do with, with True Colours um, theatre is a massive thing for me and things I've always been behind inclusivity in theatre and it's something that I always think is really really important and things I'm always promoting the relaxed performances and things as well because I think children learn through music they learn through drama they grow in confidence and 
it's something that everybody should be able to do. They mm-hmm. shouldn't have to go along and be the best singers, the best performers. They should go because they're good and because they want to enjoy it. Yeah, it's an yeah. endorphin, endorphin buzz. And yeah, I, I, I so understand it because, you know, I mean, it does kind of get a bit crazy when everyone gets an award for participating. But like, but it's, I think the crux of that, which is what you just described, is the idea of the, the, the taking part is what matters. Um, yeah. and it doesn't matter. Like, but I'm pleased you said, like, it doesn't have to be competitive and it doesn't have to be you know an, an environment where it's like you know just do the best you can within your ability and as long as you like really get a kick out of doing it then you obviously if you hated it you shouldn't do it but if you yeah. really want to do it then you know you should do it yeah yeah and um, a lot of our children have come along with anxiety issues yes. children who have been through a lot of mental health issues as children with autism other sen problems it's also mainstream children just who lack confidence mm-hmm. they've been along to other theater groups and they found that they couldn't progress because of the competition in it and things. Mm-hmm. In ours, it's all about the friendship, the encouraging each other. Mm-hmm. I mean, someone will come in and you can tell they're a bit nervous. Straight away now, our children include them. They bring them in. And about us, it's about friendship as well as confidence yeah. and things. Of course. So part yeah. of the activities yeah. we do, we, we kind of encourage that, don't we? And have like yeah. kind of warm-up games and stuff like that to get to know each other. Mm-hmm. Learning through fun as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, before I, I like R- Ricky ask a next question, what I, what I was getting to in regards to, did you see your child had autism? And my niece has Oh, autism. your niece, sorry. Yeah, yeah your niece. Um, is... Um, what for um because w- the reason i was trying to think of life of riley is because the whole idea of the reason she wrote that was the idea that riley was not being you know the whole blog was the, the, what i remember because it was quite a powerful story was that he wasn't being invited to things and yeah. was being excluded and all that kind of stuff did you find with your niece that was the, I the, did, yes. the crux of that but not just my niece i work with a lot of charity groups oh, around okay. the region i mean all of them know me because i'm in there working with their children and even go along to the activities and things and get to know the families yes and their children couldn't go along because they were accepted they were made to sort of comply with what was going on and things and the children needed somewhere where they could just be themselves to grow mm-hmm. so there's something called the autism charter which i understand that you, yeah it, you're yes. part of it tell us more about that and what, what it actually is and um, the autism charter was something that we got into with the northeast autism society and um, basically it just means that all of our staff are made aware trained up and that yeah. everybody has the acceptance for autism coming in and things. We'll right. use visuals and things. Right. It's a, it's something that everybody should be aware of. We use Makaton. Mm-hmm. Um, and in regards to sort of autism, tell us about a bit more like with, with anxious young kids. I mean, what what sort of developments and, and uh, I guess what sort of journey do, would, would someone like be expected to sort of go on? And is it all about empowering really as well? Um, basically, some children come along. You can tell when they first come they'll be nervous about it so we've got our patients we have volunteers that come along who are trained those volunteers will work one-to-one with those children encourage them and things um by the end of it we like to think that all they all know that they're accepted they feel safe that would mean our classes are run in a routine that is a special it's warm-up drama work so it goes in a routine yeah, yeah and that's because they know what they're doing to, yeah. yeah they do get the pattern and things and it's somewhere where they do grow mm-hmm it's about the idea to have fun, isn't it? It I is mean, about having fun. Yeah, I mean, that's really the crux of it, isn't it? I mean, it's regardless of what, like, you know, because, I mean, we talk about our disorders and all that kind of thing. And I, and I, we were talk, I was talking earlier to one of our guests about my mom who has Parkinson's disease. And I go, it doesn't mean that if you get, like, a, a registered disorder or you have an anxiety issue, whatever it may be, that you should not be involved. That's yeah. the thing that I find most frustrating. Is that is that kind of what motivates, yeah. motivates you? Anxiety is a massive thing with um, young yeah. children now and adolescence as Emma will tell you later on and things mm-hmm. with what she's been through 
the pressures of society now of fitting in social media everything it's a massive pressure for these children to come and be themselves where they know they're not going to be judged and things is such a big thing in their lives mm -hmm. and they can come along and they've got such good friendships and things and know that not, nothing's going to happen there I was just, just going to add one thing at the end there um, if, if you were to class this as, as a sort of a therapy would you put it in the bracket of arts therapy or is it something we'll which would, yeah. broader than yeah, that yeah we would we'd say it was like music arts confidence um it is something that I think would benefit going into places and doing as well. We do do that. We're going to education establishments and things. And um, we're very keen to go into hospitals in the future and do things with the children there. We've been doing some work with some children going through cancer treatment and things. Okay. And it is something that they all do thrive. And it's something where they can forget about everything and just you can be, be somebody else. Again. Can't they? Yeah. They can and tend to be somebody else or they can act. And some sing. of our children, I said, with autism, they don't want it talk they don't want to dance but when they sing it's magical yeah yeah they can they can be themselves and there then it comes out there's a fantastic example of that and i'm going to talk to emma in a second is is to say that um my my, my uh, partner watches america's got talent and uh there it was it's champions series this season and um there was a young girl uh, I, d I don't think not maybe even under 18 maybe a young teenager who suffered crippling anxiety and so you'd say I go on stage and she'd be all like sort of uh, really nervous and sort of shaking and getting on stage. And then as soon as she started singing, she was like this little rock goddess. Yeah. Yeah. And it was just so nice to see. And then when she finished, she'd start like getting okay. all worked up again. And it was like, um, and it's just nice because uh, I, I liked what you said there, Kate, Kev, just as a, as a sidebar. As a, um, I'm a huge fan of escapism, yeah. like mm -hmm. uh, and, and fantasy, and like yeah. I'm a big, big oh, I'm a big nerd. So like, um, so I, I love, I love like get delving into, um, delving into something that's not like it, may, it obviously has to have some sort of human element, exactly, but yeah. but um, but yeah, I do think you know just forgetting about your life for a bit is exactly. very very healthy. Um, so on the back of that, I wanted to talk to you, Emma. Um, so uh, as as uh, Alisa just said, you've been there from since the beginning, did you say? So so how has it been for you in terms of um, getting involved in um, True Colors Theatre? So I went to a different drama school before I joined True Colors, okay. and it was very competitive and everyone was fighting for different roles and wow. if you weren't good enough they'd tell you that okay it'd just be horrible and then i joined true colors four years ago yeah About four years, mm -hmm. isn't it? and i was literally nervous i wouldn't talk to anyone i was just myself and i kept myself to myself and wouldn't talk to anyone and then as it went on i started like joining in and singing and dancing and acting and like i've grown so much in confidence and it's helped is to be who i am today and I wouldn't be doing, like, all the shows and singing if it wasn't for Ali and Kev. Aww. <laughs> that, we're, just, we're just mimicking what people who are listening will be going, like, that's, a, that's such a nice sentiment. And it's it's really nice because it goes off the back of what you were, you guys were saying about, the and, and I, I, was, I was clarifying this competitive edge, like, when you just were saying that. I mean, like, do you like the idea of, I mean, does it mean, Emma, when you go to, the, you know, because you're comparing the two theatre, like, the drama theatre companies or whatever, however you want to phrase it, does it feel more fun knowing that it's not about, like, you know, fighting for roles and all that kind of thing? you can just mess about and have fun yeah completely i mean we do do showcases and shows and everything mm -hmm. but it's so relaxed and it's you don't have to like completely audition for parts yes and when you do it's just like relaxed and you just do it in front of everyone and just have a good time it's not like you've got to do this then this then this it's mm -hmm. like completely relaxed everyone just has a good time and we all support each other great oh that's the next thing i was going to ask you emma do you feel going to this theatre that it, it gives you the opportunity to, to, to make friends because it's not about it's not about screwing each other over for, for, for a role it's about you know 
developing a bond and socialising and that kind of thing. Yeah, there's people who I met at True Colours who aren't there anymore, but I'm still really good friends with them. Oh, that's nice. Because it is, we're, we're like, like the same stuff and we have bonded a mm-hmm. lot. And I've just got like so many friends there and it's helped us so much like overcome my anxiety. Great. So what was, if you're okay, whatever you're comfortable saying, by the way, I mean, you don't have to say anything, is, uh, so what was your, what was your anxiety like before you went to the theatre? Were you having real problems? It was really bad. I do shows, I've just done a pantomime, mm-hmm. and I was the principal girl, and nice. Ali was my chaperone, <laughs> and I would nice. be backstage. <laughs> She's so happy about that, she's like, yeah, yeah I was. <laughs> I'm wondering how much you paid them to say that. <laughs> 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 There's I'd a candy bar in it there. <laughs> and I'd just be like shaking. I wouldn't want to go yeah. on stage. There'd be times I literally were having panic attacks about yeah. going on stage. But as soon as I got on stage and seen everyone, I was just like a completely different person. And I get told that all the time. I get told that I'm nervous. And then when I sing and act, I'm just like somebody else. Would you say, and the other guys can chip in as well, having known, it sounds like you've known her for a while. Um, do you feel, I mean, it, it, com- it comes across that you seem quite confident in talking. And I'm just curious because obviously I've only just met you now, but beforehand, uh, do you see within yourself a difference in just how you how you talk to people and just are you feeling more confident about yourself? Yeah. yeah. Definitely. Would you guys do? You, I mean, you guys just being observers, do you notice a difference? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I have the thing with True Colours as well. It's not just about the children; it's about the families. We work alongside the families and we support them as well. So we know all of Emma's issues. We've worked with our school. Yeah. yeah, so basically we know everything that happens. We will say that you do have them, but when you come to us, we can talk about it and mm-hmm. we do overcome what's what's happening and things and give her a positive to look forward to. It sounds like in a real, I mean, this, this, I don't want to make it sound over simplistic, but what I, one of, what, what sounds very nice about what, what, what I'm hearing about this, it comes across as a community. It is. Uh, is that essentially what you're trying to achieve? It is. It's it yeah. Is. Yeah. We even go out. We'll be on social events with the parents. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We've done a Dublin trip. <laughs> you name it. We've been mm-hmm. everywhere, but. It's something that we value, that we've got friendships with the families as well. But the other links we do have is we can link those families into support networks, which is the groups that we work alongside as well. So we know if there's a family, they need some companionship or they need some groups, we can send them there as well. Great. So it's a, it's a big network and it works really well. It's just sad that we all are the only ones around that do it in a way because we'd mm-hmm. love to make yeah. it bigger. Yeah. So where you place. so where are you guys based then? And um, we're based at the Oxford Centre in Long Benton. Mm-hmm. It is something which we would like to take to bigger places. Mm-hmm. Great, of course. Like as in branching to different, like you know, do m- another theatre somewhere else. Well, run up the classes for as many children. We'd yeah. love everybody to benefit. Great. I was just so lovely to hear that just standing there. But you know, it's you can you can feel it off Emma that the intense empowerment that it's given her. But I bet she's just one of the a lot of examples. So how how rewarding is it for you both, Alison and Kev, to see someone go on that journey to where they are now? Massively rewarding. Yeah. Totally. I mean, I would go to the point where I see the children. It's like the job isn't a job to me. It's something that makes my world a happy place. You can tell. Cheesy, but. You can tell. I, I just whispered to Ricky there. That was what I was going to ask. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, it's the ov- it to me seems the obvious the obvious thing to ask because um, we were talking about that with an earlier guest. Is the idea of like, and it doesn't you know what I like as well. I, I don't for any second mean that egotistic egotistically it's the it's just the idea of that you helping somebody do something and become better and 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 you know 
I don't know whether you agree with the sentiment, but we were talking about this because I work, um, I, I help out um, with a, a university course for Northumbria. And one of the things I talked about yesterday, which I thought was a fascinating discussion, is the word empowerment gets kind of thrown around and kind of used wrong. Because I actually think it's about using your power to to create a skills that are already in them. Empowerment is like the suffragettes are empowering, <laughs> you know, because the suffragettes gave power that didn't exist before that's empowering somebody what essentially it sounds like from what you guys do i would say is taking something like because emma would have had it in her i don't want to speak for you but i'm guessing that you would have had this confidence in you and your desire to do this obviously and they've just you've just like churned it out of them you know without yeah. a font of a better phrase is that fair is that yeah, fair is that kind that of is, the point totally it accurate, is fair yeah. and it's also unexperienced myself as a child because um, i'm a child who grew up with adhd and it was something that I went to theatre schools and I had confidence issues and went through bullying issues myself. And I always feel that that was something that needed that needed addressed and children needed to be able to believe in themselves. And that's mm-hmm. the core to anything. They've got to just believe how amazing they are because mm-hmm. they're all individuals. Great. That's, that's a fantastic way to wrap up. Um, the only thing left the only thing left to say is, because um, we've got like one minute left and then we need to end the show, is, just, is how can people get involved? Give us a Facebook message. Yeah. Come along, yeah. give us a call. Come on a Saturday morning. It's dropping. Come in, mm-hmm. and then you can come and see what we're about. Mm-hmm. And then I'm pretty sure that they'll want to stay once they're there because it is such a lovely environment. Would you concur, Emma? Yeah. <laughs> want to make more friends? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, what have you got? Like another play coming up soon that you're a part of, or anything? Or not at the minute. I'm like spending most of my time on my GCSEs. Oh, good for you. Well, I wish you good. Well, I wish you good. Well, I wish you good luck. Thank you. As I'll say, it's the most diff- it's the most important exam you'll do. Okay. <laughs> so take it seriously. <laughs> no, but all seriousness, good luck and uh, yeah. good luck with you guys as well. Thank you so and much. Uh, um, uh, we we you know uh, do you do do you do visits because we might we uh, that, that might be fun yeah. if we sh- yes. I would love to come and see it because yeah, we'd love you well, to come um, along. Drama drama is my like um well like you know I did improv comedy for quite a while um. Oh, yeah. And all that kind of thing, so I do miss doing we'll that. Have and a um, few comedians there in the making. Yeah, yeah very cool. Enjoy. Very cool. Children love improvisation, so anything. Anyway, like so yeah. great. Well, thank you um, to Elisa, to Kevin, to Emma. Thank you so much for coming on, and that was True Colors thank Theatre. You. Thank you. Um, thank you, guys. Um, so what we're going to do is wrap up now because we've got literally 30 seconds left. All it leaves me to say is a huge thank you to Ricky, my co-host, for being awesome as always. Um, to Dr. <laughs> Stewart, to Dr. Stuart McCurdy, um, who was a consultant in old age psychiatry for Campus for Aging and Vitality. Um, to Chantal Herbert from Sister Shack, which is a group together for female entrepreneurs. To Claire Donning, who was the manager of Hopeline UK at Papyrus. Please do do that if you've got any suicidal thoughts and under 35. And to Elisa Jane. Uh, Kev and to Emma from True Colors Theatre. We'll be back in two weeks' time in March. Uh, have a good rest of February. Uh, we'll see you then. And to play us out, it's Chris Cornell's version of Billy Jean. Oh, wow. And we'll see you next two weeks, guys. Bye. She was more like a beauty queen from a movie screen I said, don't mind, but what do you mean? I am the one who danced on the floor and around She said, I am the one who would dance on the floor and around 
She said her name was Billie Jean And she caused the scene And all her heads turned with eyes that dreamed of being the one Who would dance on the floor and around People always told me Be careful what you do Don't go around breaking young girls' hearts Mama always told me Be careful who you love Careful what you do Before the lie Lie becomes the truth Billie Jean Not my love She's just a girl Forty days and forty nights, the law was on her side. Who can stand when she's in demand? Her schemes and her plans. Cause we danced on the floor and around. So take my strong advice. Remember to always think twice. Do think twice. Told my baby that we danced till three and she looked at me. She showed a photo. My baby cried. His eyes were like mine. Cause we danced on the floor and around. People always told me, be careful what you do. Don't go around breaking young girls' hearts. She stood right by me Smell of sweet perfume This happened much too soon She called me to a room Hey Billy Jean is not my lover She's just a girl I guess that's a true story.